It'll be better this time. We're talking spring <laughs> practice uh, with our good buddy, John. John tweets sports over at Twitter. He vows that we're going to be better this time. I don't we're know if be we better. can be. We're Last be episode, it was a basketball episode. You guys well, love that talking, so much. I was talking about Georgia basketball next season. That's we're going to be better. About. We're going to be better. We, we're 20 seconds into the pod. We've already lost all of our listeners because we mentioned basketball. We're talking about spring football, guys. Today on the Lockdown Bulldogs podcast, what are the three biggest storylines, according to John, going into this spring? That's what we're talking about. You are Locked On Bulldogs, your daily podcast on the Georgia Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? I am Daniel. Thanks so much for listening to the Locked On Bulldogs podcast. Um, uh, joined by a frequent guest, John, um, uh, today. Georgia, I'm going to call him an insider. I'm going to call him a guru. I think he knows more about Georgia football than most people do. And when he says something is important this spring, um, it means you should pay attention. So we're going to Clint and I are going to do our big spring practice um, primer, preview, whatever. We're going to do that on Monday. But I thought we would uh, today jump on uh, and see what John has to say about this spring. John, how are you feeling today? Hey, feeling good. We're on the eve of the greatest sporting event of the year. <sighs> yes, um, uh, So if you're listening to this on Thursday, uh, you are on the day of the God, best Congratulations sporting. to you. You made it. Congratulations. It's going to be great. Um, but, yeah, feeling good, ready to win some money on this NCAA tournament, mm. ready to talk some Georgia football today. Boy, well, both of those things are I great, mean. and let's hope both of them can be true at the same time. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe to that YouTube, almost to a big milestone there. So just go ahead and subscribe. And then go over to an audio uh, platform, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you like to get your podcast and subscribe to the Lockdown Bulldogs there. Follow us there. Leave us a five-star rating and review. That helps the pod. That's the best thing that you can do for us. Um, but, John, today I want to get your thoughts on the spring. Uh, and so I think you've got three things that we're going to discuss. Mm -hmm. And I would, uh, I'll give you the floor and uh, let you get started on the first one. Well, yeah. So this week uh, spring ball started in Athens. So pads are out. Mm. Sweat's rolling. Mm. guys are uh are back at it kirby's back on that hot microphone yelling at people for walking and <laughs> love uh, to see you it. know it's just it's a beautiful thing so if you're if you're ever in the athens georgia area on, on an afternoon just drive mm. over by butt's mirror and you can hear that microphone going just cover your kids uh, ears because <laughs> please cover your it kids ain't ears. gonna be pretty uh, it ain't it ain't pretty uh one of the things you know that came to mind as i was thinking about three things uh the the three things that I'm excited to figure out um, or excited to learn more about is um, Georgia is replacing two guys uh, at the tackle position mm. that played a lot of football. Um, Daniel, how many, how many snaps do you think uh, were played in their Georgia career between Broderick Jones and Warren McClendon? I mean, it's gotta be over a thousand between the two of them. You would imagine. You would imagine. Yeah. It's, it's actually, 
much higher. Uh, oh. three, 3,611 mm. snaps between Broderick Jones and Warren McClendon in their Georgia careers. That is a lot of football played at the tackle position, which is a very, very critical position to the line of scrimmage. It is, some might say, it is the most critical, mm. um, especially in an offense like Georgia's where um, you're playing teams who uh, you generally have very athletic, skilled guys coming pass rushing off the edge mm -hmm. and you're doing a lot of uh, misdirection, a lot of counter and things like that. And so the tackle position, critically important. Um, Kirby opened his media, his spring um, practice media days. And he said, Hey, listen, you know, Ernest green is going to be out there. We're really excited for him. Ernest had surgery back in October to be ready specifically for spring practice because hmm. Ernest green is an elite recruit at the tackle position. Yes, People are right. putting him in the same breath of, you know, he has the potential to be a Broderick Jones, the potential to be um, a, an Andrew Thomas type player. Um, Ernest Green has played zero that's, snaps that's not in a, a game at the University of Georgia. It's not a ton. Um, yeah. On I'd the other side, more. Yeah. I would love to see more. On the other side, you have another fantastic tackle in Amarius Mims. Super freak athletic guy. Um, George, we have seen, we saw him play almost 400 snaps last year. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, and so I feel good about those two guys, right? But between like the two to. of them, mm -hmm. yeah, between the two of them, they have 506 total snaps. And we're trying to replace 3,611. Um, and so, you know, so, so I think for me, the tackle position is going to be critical. The other thing is you need more than two tackles. That's this right. is a physical league. This is a league where uh, it is a war of attrition, especially late in the year. Um, and you need more than two tackles. Um, and uh, and so Kirby got up at spring media days and said, hey, uh, Ernest Green's going to be out there. Marius is going to go. Um, and then he mentioned names like Austin Blasky. Chad Lindbergh, and then an elite uh, true freshman recruit that's an early enrollee in Monroe Freeling. Mm. Between Love all, the name. Yeah, name. absolutely, yeah, he's elite also the name. elite name. He was the number one uh, player in the state of South Carolina. So shout out Shane Beamer. Um, uh -huh. Yeah, he's changing have... the culture. <laughs> I mean, he's Clint's favorite coach in the SEC. He's your, absolutely according to Clint, he's already won a national championship. You know, uh, yeah. well, he didn't. He didn't win the number one player in the South Carolina because that guy came to yeah. Georgia to play tackle. Um, mm. But but how about Dabo? How's Dabo doing over there? Is Dabo doing okay? He's still Dabo, is he still fine? Dabo's back on top. He already uh, he hired Garrett Riley, which he's back on top. Garrett Riley can shred a Georgia defense. I have. A I mean, I, have I mean, a I heard I heard Garrett Riley actually scored a touchdown on a Georgia defense, which. That's probably why I got hired. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. But listen, but listen. So you have five guys that Kirby mentioned specifically by name at the tackle position. Mm -hmm. All five of those guys have 675 snaps total in it's their Georgia career no. between them. And so I think for me, that's a big question that's going to have to be answered. Um, yeah. Not only can is Ernest Green that guy. I feel very good about Amarius Mims. Sure. But can Georgia get depth at the tackle position? And yep. I think spring ball is going to tell us a lot about that. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Probably need at least two of those guys to step up beside Amarius Mims for me to really feel confident going into this season. Um, do we like the caliber of players that we have there at tackle? Yes, we do. But um, the depth 
the experience definitely still lacking at that spot. And as you said, a really critical spot. Uh, all right. I know you got two more things that we're going to cover today. First, want to tell the people about FanDuel. FanDuel is the official sportsbook partner of the Locked On Bulldogs podcast. And um, I mean, March Madness is here, guys. It's happening mm-hmm. right as you're listening to this. It's likely happening right now it'll be happening all weekend it'll be happening next weekend it'll be happening the following weekend you could bet on that on FanDuel they've got all sorts of spreads parlays futures um they've got group uh bets where you can pick the winners of groups you can pick player uh uh, teams advancing to certain stages and um if college basketball is not your thing you can bet on golf you can bet on major league baseball you can bet on the nba you can bet on whatever you want and new customers at FanDuel get a no sweat first bet of up to one thousand dollars that's bonus bets back into your account if your first bet doesn't win of up to one thousand dollars just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app it's safe secure and easy to use and then bet on everything from the money line to point scores and three pointers drained um uh what is Clint or Clint John give the people one one March Madness give the one people one final four team okay to to take to take a chance on on FanDuel right now Okay, listen. Uh, thank, I I know that you didn't mean to call me Clint because you asked a basketball question. I I know uh, it's, <laughs> and he would have just stared into the camera, just blank. Amazing. Yeah. For me, uh, I, I'm gonna give you. I'm I'm gonna give you one. It's can be a little bit of controversial take, but take Purdue. Take Purdue. Take Purdue. Um, the I think lowest that, once. That's the best odds you can get on a one seed to make the Final Four is Purdue right now. That's why I would take. I Purdue. like it. Um, I think for your money, for the value. Um, and I do think that 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 bracket you got you got a lot of teams in that bracket that are playing good basketball. I think it's yep. it's probably uh, the weakest out of the out of the four. Zach Eady. Now, don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com/slash locked on. It's on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. FanDuel.com/slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel. An official sports betting partner of the NBA and the official sports book of the Locked On Bulldogs. All right, John, the tackle position, thing one. What is thing two that you will be watching this spring? Thing two, um, last year, Kirby Smart made a point to mention multiple times, um, especially loudly after the Tennessee game when he was very jubilant over a uh, beatdown of the Tennessee He wasn't the only person talking a little louder after that game, John. (laughs) We were were all speaking a little at a little higher volume. A little higher volume. But Kirby said... um, we took zero from the transfer portal. Um, he made it, he went out of his way to talk about team culture, to talk about development on the team, right. to talk about how Georgia took, took no guys from the transfer portal. Well, sure. that's a little different this year because Georgia went out and got some guys from the transfer portal. Yeah. And not only what Kirby has done, right. Um, is there are some other teams <clears throat> in the sec, um, that have, um, gone and taken players from the transfer portal that likely may not have been the best fit for their team culture. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a, you know, you're taking a a wide receiver because of a 40 time, things Mm. like that. We won't name Mm -hmm. any names, but um, they lost two games last year and didn't make the college football. Well, they all, I mean, they worked out great. I think the fans (laughs) of that program are happy that that, that guy's going to stay around for another year. I I think they're thrilled. They're thrilled. Um, 
But yes, yes. But um, but Georgia took uh, two wide receivers, Ra Ra Thomas and Dominic Lovett, who um, were both top five according to the twenty four seven transfer portal rankings at the wide receiver mm-hmm. position. Georgia also went out and got Smoke Bowie, who was who who Kirby Smart in particular heavily recruited Smoke Bowie and mm-hmm. really wanted Smoke to come to Georgia before uh, Bowie went to Texas A&M. Um, Kirby Smart, you know, Smoke Bowie has been coming to uh, to Georgia camp since he was in ninth grade is what Kirby Smart said this week. And so they know Smoke Bowie. So I think that coupled with – I think the defensive side of the ball is going to be okay. Um, you do? I th- yeah, you think you think the defensive side in, in, with Glenn Schumann or Will Muschamp? You think you well, think we just don't guys... bring back any players, John? We just don't have any returning <laughs> you know, production coming back. Yes, I'm not sure if yeah. you know, but Jalen Carter's moved on, and so no. we don't have anybody that's going to no, be able to play. No, we don't have anybody. We uh, no. you know, Keely Ringo Georgia gone. Might... So yeah, these no, players are gone. Yeah, we can't absolutely. Yeah, Georgia might end up having to start a true freshman somewhere on defense, <laughs> and uh, you know that's the recipe for disaster. So. So listen, but Smoke Bowie, I think is gonna. I think he's a guy that I think yeah. in that defensive position they've got a lot figured out. Over How here. about these wideouts though? The wide receiver position, I think, is going to be what's interesting because you have a new offensive coordinator in Mike Bobo, you who do. is going to continue uh, some some of the same scheme, going to continue some of the same verbiage. There's not going to be a lot of transition there, but there is a big transition when you bring in skill positions mm-hmm. players and you have a new quarterback uh-huh. at that position um and all of those guys have to gel you got to figure out can dominic lovett and Ra Ra thomas block um can they can can they uh fit into this scheme and um and do a lot of the complicated things that todd munkin was trying to do that mike bobo is probably going to try to continue and so um you couple that with you you got you know marcus rosemary jackson you've got arian smith you got dylan bell who played a lot last year you got lab mcconkey mm-hmm. um but that's a that's two higher profile guys that have to come in and gel with the culture have to pick up the offense and have to actually be able to do the intangible uh things um that are required to be able to get on the field and play those positions and so i think they're so critical to the success of georgia's offense um this upcoming season and so i'm really interested to see how these transfer guys um fit in to the overall team two questions john help me with my memory here because sure Interesting to me, all three of these guys come from the SEC. Mm. Texas A&M mm. uh, and Missouri and Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the history of the transfers that Kirby Smart's brought in. You bring in a guy from Alabama. You bring in a guy from Clemson. You bring in a guy from mm. West Virginia, which was a top five defense in the country yep. that year that he was there. Mm-hmm. Have we seen Kirby Smart bring in a transfer on the offensive side of the ball? We have not. I don't we, we haven't seen Kirby. We haven't seen Kirby bring in a transfer that has actually been brought in to be a starter on the position. We saw that with Darion Kendrick. We kind of knew, like, hey, this guy yeah. is probably going to start at some point. Tyke Smith, we knew this guy is going to play a lot at some point. Um, but yeah, the offensive side of the ball, we have not seen this. Well, that's my other point: is you just don't see a lot of transfers coming into this program who don't contribute. You know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah. the thing: is Kirby doesn't take them Mm-mm. to take them. And that Correct. I think was more than, more than him beating his chest about hey we you know we recruit our own players or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is really the underlying message that Kirby's trying to send, and that is, if we come after you in the transfer portal, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. We're not just trying to fill a roster spot. We got other right. ways to fill roster spots, and Correct. we're fine in that regard. You don't see guys come and transfer into Athens really with any regularity at all. Oh, you know who's a transfer on the offensive side of the ball? <laughs> it was JT Daniels. That's a, That was an offensive transfer. Uh, Just before okay. the comments get okay. to it, before I, guess, I do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But okay. he did start. He did, he did start. come in and to he was, start. But, and he was brought in to contribute, and to your point. Was, your point still stands. Yeah, Jamie Newman and JT Daniels, that whole saga like of that thing. Those well, Both I those mean, guys were brought and, in to play. And I, guess, and I guess Stetson Bennett was technically a transfer. No. He had Stetson another Bennett year. Stetson Bennett was ours all along. Stetson Bennett's a damn good dog. He was ours forever. He was born right, a Georgia right. Bulldog. He'll die well, a Georgia Bulldog. Okay. He's ours okay. forever. Perfect. Um, listen, I think it says something about these two wide receivers that Kirby went out and got him. He's not freaking out that A.D. Mitchell left the way that you and I are and the way that random Georgia fan is. He's not freaking out about that. He sees guys that he thinks can contribute, and I do expect both these guys to contribute on the offensive side of the ball, but how they gel and what ways they'll be used will be interesting. Can Dylan Bell step his game up and become more of a wide receiver one go-to option? Yeah. Lad McConkey is obviously the most talented of that group, but he's not really a true one. He's not, Mm-mm. you know, he plays a different position. Mm-hmm. He plays a bit of a different style. He doesn't really fit that mold of a true number one. Rosemary Jack Saint, we see flashes from, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know that we can really count on him to elevate to a whole different level at this point in he, his career. He plays because he's an elite blocker. He is who he is, and he mm-hmm. can catch the ball, and he can run, and he is athletic, yeah. but he is who he is at this point. I think you're looking at those three guys, the two guys coming in, and Dylan Bell competing to all be the number one the dude the number one dude on this wide receiver core that's a very interesting conversation to be had all right you got one more thing for us to discuss and we will talk about it as soon as we come back from this all right john segment three we're down we've whittled it down to the 199 we finally made it some said we'd never get here some said that the podcast would never last this long. Some said we'd have to shut it down in the middle of the second segment. But we didn't do any of that. Nope. We've made we it would to the nev- end. We would never. We would never. We persevered. The people will never know how we've persevered to get this podcast out to you on this Thursday of March Madness. What is the last thing that you will have your eyes on when it comes to this Georgia team this spring? Listen, I, 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 want, I started to talk about quarterbacks. Because that's what everybody wants to talk about. I think you and Clint can do a good good job of talking about that. We next will week. discuss the quarterbacks. Please on discuss Monday. the quarterbacks because I'm not going to put it in my top three. Uh, I'm going to put um, Kirby. Kirby Smart has probably the, his toughest assignment as a head coach in this spring training. Um, mm-hmm. Georgia has won back to back national championships. Georgia last year, Kirby Smart had a common theme, and his common theme was the 2021 team didn't go 15 and 0. They didn't win an SEC championship. He used that, and he said that after the SEC championship, this team wanted to do something that last year's team didn't do. Yep. And now, what's the thing that last year's team didn't do, John? (laughs) 
The, um, there are no more things. There are no more things. You yeah. went fifteen and zero. You won the SEC championship uh, by uh, you put a fifty burger up, and then you won a national championship by fifty eight points. Um, so and you're the prohibitive favorite to be the number one team in the country coming into this correct. season. You you're going to be the odds on favorite to win the national championship again. You'll be the odds on favorite. You'll be the unanimous number one. Um, and so Kirby Smart, you know, that's a very different thing. Everybody last year, it was you lost 15 players to the draft. And so, and Kirby used that. Hey, these guys Five haven't won seven. anything. Yeah. Five and we, seven. Yeah. Yeah. You're, and, uh, and they didn't go 15 and up. They didn't win an SEC championship. So, so he had those banners that he could hang. So you, you couple that with something that, you know, what is Kirby going to use to motivate this team of, what have they, what can they accomplish that last year's team did not accomplish? Um, which has been a common theme for him as he's used his motivational tactics. Number two, you add that to the unspeakable tragedy and the chaos mm-hmm. that has happened since the national championship with the deaths of Devin Willick and Chandler LaCroix, with the Jalen Carter situation, with all of these, you know, the media like spinning all of these tales and and the, saying all of these things about Georgia. Um Kirby Smart has a tough assignment as a head coach this spring yeah. training because he – what happens this week in spring training and over the next uh, uh, 13 days that are left in spring training um, practices and then and then G-Day um, is going to set the tone for the culture of this 2023 football team. Yeah, And so uh, I just think it's – for me, that's such a big thing. And that's something that, you know – if you're not inside the program, it's going to be hard to actually understand the progress that's being made there. But, um, but I think you're going to, I think you'll see it in Kirby's the way he talks at media days. I think you'll see it, the team. You get to talk to a lot of guys during spring practice because they open that up a little bit. Um, and I'm just really curious to see what the, uh, what the vibe is like and how Kirby steps up to this challenge. Yeah. I wonder if, yeah, I, if there's one person I trust to be able to find a way to motivate, it's Kirby. You know, like this <laughs> Correct. guy, Correct. you yeah. know, even the one thing it's- that I can agree with all of our rivals fan bases on is that Kirby just pretty much straight up brainwashes these kids. Like it, it's like a, he's got these kids believing things that have never even remotely been said by no. anyone. Nolan like, Smith. Nolan Smith, who is incredible sharp intelligent very bright kid very bright uh football player after the national championship he genuinely they said we were gonna go go five five. and seven (laughs) yeah like he genuinely believed that um kirby can do it i wonder if there's gonna be a stetson bennett angle to kirby Mm. smart i wonder if he's gonna put a big poster of stetson bennett up Mm. and say you never won a national championship without this guy. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's the guy that you look yeah. at and you go, you know, maybe that's too much pressure on the quarterbacks. Uh, and and mm-hmm. so Kirby would never do that. But what will the angle be? You know, the three-peat is, I think Kirby wants it so bad. You know, you saw him put the three fingers up last year at the national championship game. The- the only team in history to three-peat as college football national champions was Minnesota in the 1930s. He wants it so bad. I mean, so badly. 
And he was thinking about it before that game last year <laughs> happened. That's how bad he wants it. So at that what, that will be the angle. That. Just real quick, at what point? At what point do you think Kirby's mind shifted to three peat in the national championship? Was it before opening or after kick, ball in the air? <laughs> ball in the air, and he's immediately I, thinking I like about three I was my question was gonna be was it before or after they were eating chicken wings on the sidelines? But I it think was, I think you're right. <laughs> I think it was, it was way well, before. It was well before. Um it it I think I think the motivation will be there for the three peat. Yeah. I think yeah. Once you get into the everything, you know, has never been done type of category, then you're going to have a hard time holding people's attention. But, you know, I think he's going to be able to look at some guys, some leaders on this team, some guys like Brock Bowers. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he's going to be able to – some guys like JDJ. Mm -hmm. I think he's going to be able to look them in the eyes and say, hey – do you want to do you want to have a college career that no literally no one has ever had in the history of college football? Do you want to do something that that people only dream about? Do mm-hmm. like win a national championship every mm-hmm. single year. Mm-hmm. And I, so I think those are the types of conversations. You know, I mean, I don't know if I'm Kirby Smart, I'm reading everything that John Wooden ever wrote this year <laughs> because that's the guy that's yeah. That's the only guy that can relate to what Correct. Kirby is going through right now. Correct. Like that's it. And so yeah. you're 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 in some pretty rare company trying to motivate. Yeah. Yeah, I think the common thread too as well is that Kirby, you know, he was on that um Alabama 2011-2012 team that went sure. back to back. And so I think he he has been there when they've had they've been staring down the potential yeah. of a three-peat and did not make it happen. And so I think you're right there. I think, you know, the the extra layer of of just everything that's happened since the national championship, I think is going to be interesting to see. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I think you're right. I think the, the football side of it, I think Kirby absolutely will yeah. find those things. I think it's going to be the other side of it as you know um as there's more scrutiny on the program and as there's more scrutiny on kirby smart and as there's more things but i will say if there's one person that can climb that hill it seems like we got the guy so yeah and let's not end the podcast without saying again the atlanta journal constitution (sighs) is absolute filth can i can i absolute can, trash can i name i'm gonna name a name on this podcast sure alan judd who wrote a lot of these articles for the atlanta journal constitution t- tweeted a tweet that was an absolute blatant lie it's a trash saying that kirby saying that kirby smart took no accountability or responsibility for what happened uh, or for the culture of his program when they're in that quote kirby smart said our players make mistakes, and it's and it's our job as coaches to try to help prevent those mistakes from happening, and that starts with me. Said that exact line, and this guy tweeted, he took no accountability. So that's the kind of people that are writing these articles. I mean, I can't imagine hmm. what kind of a person would still look to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution or anything that they it's touch unreal. as unreal. credible information these hmm. days. It is... It is laughable to think that these people are still are employed, but much less that they're that, that there are people out there eating it up. Uh, it's it's insane. Uh, it will be an interesting storyline, though. None of that, all of that, notwithstanding, it'll be an interesting storyline to watch how 
Kirby tries to motivate this team and what kind of an impact the tragedy of the offseason has on this year's club. All right, John, appreciate the thoughts, what you're watching for spring. We will be watching for the spring. And um, I'm going to let you go so you can get rested up and enjoy a full day of basketball tomorrow. Make make money, kids. Let's do this. Uh, We'll see you guys uh, later on the Locked on Bulldogs podcast.